Why mission is to cultivate a space where transparency, vulnerability, and humble curiosity serve as our healthy roots for individual and collective progress. You know, we are here. Self-awareness is key. We got to do that check-in. 2023 just started. So let's 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 get to it. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? Well, we're going to start with the elder in the room since the nigga did just turn 30. Hey! Hey, it was lit. Birthday was lit. Celebrating you, man. It was great. So birthday was crazy. We're going to talk about the birthdays a little later. We're going to say that for the recap. We're going to say that for the recap. Yeah, Valentine's Day week. You know what I'm saying? Valentine's Day yeah, but yeah, man. Besides that, bro, I appreciate y'all for fucking with me on my birthday, man. Um, had a great time, great experience. Um, bringing thirty, leaving my twenties. Hey, thirty. Hey, this will be this will be it for all of us, man. Yeah, thirty for everybody. It's gonna it's gonna be in June. It's gonna be me. So we started off right. So yeah. I appreciate y'all for blessing me with that, man. I really much love with you guys. Much love. It's been a great season. Like for real, it's been a very very good season, man. Um, a lot of a lot of positivity. I've been getting back from, you know, feedback from other people, from fans and shit like that, so I'm, I'm loving that, so I'm excited for the next five seasons that we got prepared. Yeah, gotta continue to run it up, man. You know what I'm saying? We need it out here. We, we, we need it out here, man. So, but I have, uh, <clears throat> it's good, you know what I'm saying? Starting, starting the spring semester, last semester of coursework, gentlemen, and then after that, I start, I start my pre, my early, early dissertation studies. Going into uh, the late spring and summer, so, so that's like what, like shorter class. It's like what one class or two classes. I have two classes left. Those are just lecture semester. classes, right? Yeah, and then after that, I have the choice. I, just, I was just told this. I have the choice of whether to opt out of what I want to teach going into next year, so I can have more time to just focus on my own shit. Mm. Focus on my, my uh, predisposition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually the stipulation in my uh. Scholarship. It, it didn't say anything about I have to teach compared to everyone else's scholarship. It's like mm. teach where, teach where though. Oh, at the school because it's required for. Mm -hmm. It's required as a right. PhD students to to teach. Mm. But it's but because of my particular fellowship, it's not required. It doesn't say it in in bold and fine print that I have to teach compared to my peers. I mean, do you feel like you need to practice? Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to teach. Okay. Um, but I just feel like in terms of me getting a leg up on. My my this work and try to get myself out of here twenty twenty five yeah I might I might opt out my third year just so I can just have my space and just do my own yeah definitely have your space but you need yeah. to and then come back fourth year I already know where I'm going I know what I'm doing I already have my proposal done I already have all you know what I'm saying so then at that point all I gotta do is just show up do my work is that is that four huh is that four years it's it's full to infinity bro I've met some folks who are eleventh year ten year nine year programs. Yeah. Yo, in the program, man. They they just stuck in dissertation land. They ABD, as we call it. All but dissertation is done. So they would mm. they would be out there living their life. Yes. They got full-time jobs. They got families. So they'll be out there eight, nine, ten-year PhDs. Shout out to y'all. Y'all going to graduate. I'll be right there with y'all. But I, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing ten years. I'm doing four, four and a half. That's what I did for my two degrees first time around. So I'm going to stick to that number. Four and a half at the latest. So... I'm be I'm be on my porter thing, man. Y'all gonna have to just see yeah, anyway. <laughs> the porter porter be getting locked in. Hey, hey I'm I'm gonna get locked in my last two years too. So that's enough yeah. about me, man. No, enough about me. We'll get to that. Low. Year. 
What's going on with you, man? How you doing? Don't say you just be chilling, brother. <laughs> man, but y'all know the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's his thing, bro. That's his thing, bro. Somebody in the comments, they were talking about, they was like, yo, Low always talking about you just chilling. Yes, just chilling. I'm just chilling, bro. Y'all know I'm a private individual. I'm moving silent, but I don't really speak on too much, bro. But I always tell y'all I'm focused. I'm on my mission. That's it. That's it. That's it, man. So, new year, same shit. <laughs> I'm getting to the bag. <laughs> that man been saying that since the, f- the promo. Hey. The first promo. Hey. Yeah. That's man. it. Consistent. That's it. Yeah. Porter, how you feeling? Man, hey, man. I'm glad to be here, man. I'm, I'm glad to, you know, still be pushing. Uh, still be in a, in a, in a phrase, in a season where you know, I'm just appreciating the blessings and I'm every day is a fight. You know, and I think that that's that's really where I am. You come to that realization every day is is you fighting for whatever it is that you want to obtain. So I've been developing a lot more in my practice um, at this point. You know, I've started the real estate closing practice on the side as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm super, super excited about oh, that. Yeah, that's man. Saying, yeah. So now, that's what like folks when they buy the clothes in their house, exactly. you the person that look over everything, make exactly. sure everything. How much do you usually charge for Yeah. Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, tap in with me, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> things can always change. Things, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things can always change. But definitely, you know, but yeah, I definitely, I started that. So I'm super excited by that. And I, I'm just glad to keep building, man, with you all and um, just with the firm and you know, just you gotta just stay consistent because sometimes it get hard when you get get low with entrepreneurship. It be like the ebbs and the flow. So figuring out how to get that consistent stream has been my main thing for sure. Yeah. That bitch will take you through. Everyone tell me like, you know, I'm oh, 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 oh shit. That's the that reason why we got to be doing black business. It was so, saying, we got to do there, bro. We're doing black business season. Tell me, man. We got to talk about the entrepreneurship, man. Yeah. You know, all, mental all, health got to be strong. <laughs> it got to be yeah. strong. Because you don't see it, you be like, hold on, hold on. Talking about what's going on? I got to pay for what? It come out of nowhere. You're like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's break bread. Let's get to the butter. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and get to the butter, man. We're going to talk about that health. We're going to talk about the best thing in the world. Sleep. Mm-hmm. Something that I lack. <laughs> I mean, how many hours of sleep you get? Usually, uh, hey, like, hey, on average, hey, three or six. Marlo, six. About five, six. Yeah. See, I'm at a solid three to four mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. All right. Insomnia, like what? Second. Right, I do have chronic. In, I do have chronic insomnia. Okay. Yes. Sure. Okay. For sure. At night, what is that? Night shift. Dif- differential, some disorders, some yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're gonna get into sleep, right? So sleep. All right. Most adults need seven or more hours of good quality sleep each night. Teens need about eight to ten. Um, getting enough sleep isn't only about the total hours of sleep. It's also important to get good quality sleep on a regular schedule so you feel well rested when you wake up. Basically meaning like, yeah, yeah, the hours might have added up, but if you were sleep like that in the car versus sleep like that in your bed, there's a two totally different types of sleep. You want the rim. Room sleep. You wanna, you wanna, you wanna make sure you're getting that quality sleep. Like, do you guys care about your mattresses? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You guys like, I'll spend like two, three, four thousand dollars on my mattress to make sure I have that quality sleep. Yeah, if I can. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. When I will, yeah, I will. Uh, <laughs> I got a little quality mattress. <laughs> two, three, four, five. You kept going up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kept going up. You're like $2,300. Hold up, hold up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I thought he was talking about me. You thought about Hunter? I was about thousands, bro. You know, I was thinking plug, plug prices. No, but y'all know the mattresses. Oh yeah, they do. They do. It's an investment. It's definitely so. I definitely want a sleep number, bro. If you having trouble, right? So stress or anxiety, pain, certain health conditions like heartburn, asthma, some medicines, caffeine, alcohol, drugs. Untreated sleeping disorders like sleep apnea or insomnia, those are things that can really mess you up mm-hmm. and your sleep. Mm-hmm. All right. So the things that it costs, um, you know, your memory issues, mood changes, weakened immune systems, blood, high blood pressure, trouble with thinking and concentration, increased risk of accidents, heart disease, low sex drive. Really? Hey, <laughs> oh, I'm not getting that rest, man. So, funny story to talk about the, uh, not the low sex drive now, right? <laughs> about uh, risk of accidents. So, my first car accident that I ever had, huh? Fell asleep at the wheel. I fell asleep at the wheel. Same. For real, that was your first one? Wow. It was an Blue flame, bro. Blue flame. Man. Oh, in blue flame? Spot. Oh, yeah. I used to be the spot back in the day. What? No, no. R.I.P. Yeah, we're talking about we're talking about his car. It's a car. Not, it's not oh, like oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. The blue one. Blue one. Blue one. Yeah, yeah. I actually got a flat tire. I ain't like oh, yeah. This is Oh no, I crashed. So like, I was like coming home from us. Uh, I had just lost my scholarship, right? Yeah. And so I started working at an Avon factory, bro. Sweatshop, boy. Had me, you know, that thing. Thirteen hours, just sweating. So I'm coming back from him, bro. I'm in Bertha. Mm-hmm. And I'm pulling up at a little stop like you know you pull up at stop like I'm pulling up so I'm, I'm I'm squeezing down on my brakes I'm like all right I can take a little five second nap real quick while I'm squeezing down on my brakes and then like I woke up I hit the back of somebody's car and I was like oh shoot kind of you know like so that was my first accident I just sleep was really important for me and I just wasn't getting enough of it so just want to throw it out there make sure you guys are getting that sleep the benefits all right stay sick less all right um you stay at a healthier weight. You lower your risk for serious health problems like diabetes and heart diseases, reduce stress and improve your mood, think more clearly, and you can, you know, do better so you can do better in school and work, um, get along better with people, make good decisions, avoid injuries. For example, drowsy drivers can cause us thousands of accidents each year. It's motherfucker. Me. So he's asleep, y'all. Yeah, I was lucky enough just to hit the curb. Yeah, I I, guess. And I was like, damn. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was like, oh shit, damn! I called my dad up. Yeah, I, I had a couple of close calls. I remember, uh, I remember I brought uh, one of my fraternity brothers. We went down to Orlando. I was surprising my girlfriend at the time for Valentine's Day, and I, you know, I pull up. You know, that's from Fort Valley, Orlando. It's a couple hours, yeah. right? So I did, I did this for the moment. I'm like, man, you know what? I'm just going surprise him. Man, I'm falling asleep at the wheel. I'm talking about like I literally woke up and my my L like he my LB woke me. He like bro, bro. Yeah, I'm like yeah, I'm like I'm good, bro. I'm good, bro. That's just hilarious, man. Um, and yeah, my grandmother, my late grandmother, man, she had sleep apnea and definitely she used to always do cat napping. And I never, I never understood it until later, but that it was because of the sleep apnea. Yeah, um, I definitely not. Yeah, yeah you, you're not like that. You, you hear everything. I gotta get one nap. You gotta get one nap here, bro. Or it's over. In between the day. That's crazy. We got the butter, now we got the bread. The bread. So, in terms of financial literacy, so I think it's important to discuss why financial literacy is important. And so, 
as we hear the terms, when we think about literacy, we're thinking about literature, which involves some form of reading. We understand with reading comes comprehension, but more important is to contextualize. I think a lot of times we listen, we hear, uh, we're able to read, we can say what something is, but we're not able to contextualize it to our specific unique circumstance because everything may not be for you. So when we're having the conversation about financial literacy, I want you to think through whether or not it's stocks, our bonds, our tax lien properties, our certain deeds or insurance, or like, is that best for you in your particular situation and circumstance at a particular moment in time? And then understanding the importance of timing and how at different phases in your economic journey, okay, first step, maybe I need to have an LLC. Maybe I need to have business credit. Maybe I need to have business credit cards. Okay, then you moving on to that next step. Maybe I need life insurance. Maybe I need a trust. But just learning how to understand how to prioritize your financial plan, I think is more important than just being able to say, okay, I know a lot of this information, but I don't necessarily know if I need to use it right now. Right. So whether we're talking about loans, whether we're talking about credit cards, whether we're talking about stocks, about bonds, options, uh, whatever the situation is, I just think that in terms of financial literacy, understanding your specific situation and understanding that it does not about making money, but it's about saving money and investing money. And so that three part process, I think, is important for anybody. And, you know, we'll tap in. All right. That was solid. Very, very solid. But for this final episode of season two, we got to talk about our origin story, man. Coming from where I'm from. Mm. Got that from Anthony Hamilton. Classic record. Uh, coming from where I'm from. As a gentleman, as we ascend in life and we start to hit these milestones and we start to challenge ourselves to go further, I happen to think about for myself in my context of like, damn, like I've been so dedicated and driven to where I am because of what I went through when I was 14, 10, you know what I'm saying? 17, mm-hmm. when I was in mama crib, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? When I was under dad's tutelage living with him during those summers, like those things played a significant role in where I am today. And so I want us to sort of tap in, in different, in different areas, right? In different areas of our origin story. So we were talking in pre-production. This is, this what makes it so funny, right? So I'm, 29, soon to be 30 in July. I was 28 years old when I found out being, calling myself a Grady baby was counterintuitive Mm -hmm. to, and ironic with me being a race scholar, not knowing that Henry W. Grady, the founder and active practitioner of Grady Hospital, was a famed eugenicist, meaning that he studied medically, scientifically, based on racist ideology that whiteness and white people were more superior than black people. So he would perform different case studies medically on black people to justify his thoughts that white people were superior than. And so to be from Atlanta, calling yourself a Grady baby is like a, it's like a cultural norm. It's like a cultural market. Like that's just something you wear as a badge of honor. And it's so crazy to know that I just found out about that inside of two years ago. And that just, that just, that just changed my whole perspective on learning about being careful with words and being careful about, again, learning about your history. 
and learning about your origin and how everything has meaning. And you should not just go out of your way and just say things and do things without at least reflecting on where it started, where it came from, right? So I'll get rid of that. All right. Throwing, throwing it out. No more, <laughs> no more Grady babies. I was born at Grady Hospital. Thank the Lord. That's why I, that's why I tell you. I was born yeah. at Grady Hospital. So, thank the Lord. I be having to catch myself sometimes. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, you from Atlanta? Yeah. I'll be like, I'm a girl. I was born at Grady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. For real, for that's, real. Grady. But, but, that's, but, you know, it's good when you catch yourself on shit like that, though, because mm-hmm. it starts a, a habit. Mm-hmm. It takes that, you know, that norm out of there. Like, that's how I am when we yeah. talk about um. People talk about, oh, yeah, I'm going to get dreads. I'm going to get dreads. I'm like, bro, stop saying dreads, bro. Like, yeah. Because the, the language the yeah. language is, is, is when it came from people saying it's dreadful to look at. Right. So you call it what it is. They're locks. You're locking your hair up. Mm-hmm. So call them locks, bro. Like, hey, you know, we get the locks. No more. We, we got to kill it, bro. No more dreads. No more. And you, you, you made me think about something in terms of, and we said this a couple episodes back, like the concept of nation building and having our own language. So it begs the question does Grady Baby or the way that we contextualize the N word does that is that more so uh, a symbol or a, a, a indication of our own language or and that's us manifesting in that way or does that does that negative connotation still attach to it even if we're speaking like that word? That's a good point. I'm unsure. I don't know. I just I, I would. I, that's a good point because I mean, you 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 say it like you just said it. Like we say, you know, I'm yeah, great, yeah, baby, right. But we say it in the sense of like pride. But at least be from Atlanta. But I think at least when we use the when we use the N word, when we say nigga, um, we know the origin. We knew how. What's the word? Nigga. And we say it in so, different ways. But, but we, but we that's say, a, is that a language? But we know that's we know the origin. Yeah. We know where it came from. Right. But every time I talk to somebody who who's from Atlanta or who was born out of Grady Hospital, the origin of Grady Baby, they're like, not, well, I didn't know that. So it's yeah. like, in a way, we have to create space to try to contextualize it and reframe it to where right. it's ours so but we can reclaim I that. I agree with that. that cause, 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 yeah, because we're removing an ignorance because we didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But now that we're not ignorant no more to the fact, now it's like, okay, I'm aware of it. So now this, right? Just like nigga, bro. Like yeah. you know, talk about nigga all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, don't, don't say that out. You know, something. right? Or like the older, the older generations, right? Like, uh, I would never say that. Do you know what that means? Yeah, bro, that's what it meant for you, right? But for us, it's different. What right. do you think about it? How do you like, like the word nigga? I mean, again, as a race scholar, I'm conflicted, but there's certain aspects of my blackness that. I just can't let it go. Okay, let me let me add this. Ask this. Okay, I, I, yeah. all right. Yeah. I, I'm very selective in spaces. Yeah, right. Right. I don't, right. I don't just go firing off. Right, right, right. Absolutely. So, and I say, and I do the same thing when it comes to uh, profanity. Like I don't, I tend to not curse around women. You know what I'm saying? I tend to just keep it very clean. Um, I use certain words. Yeah, when it comes to, I'm trying. I, I'm, I'm in social spaces where I'm comfortable. Like, I'm like now, like I'm comfortable. You know what yeah, I'm saying? So of yeah. course I'm gonna use it. But if I'm like in class, hell no. Like because again, I'm, I'm watching how they watch me. Yeah. So that's why it's like, nah. If I have to do all that, I don't. I just refrain. You know, it's crazy. I I I try not to like change up. You know, okay. Like, yeah, no, this is interesting. I was because the reason, the reason I say yeah. I try not to change up is because like I don't want to seem like like I have to change like the way I speak or like uh-huh. who I am as a person uh-huh. just because I'm around somebody else yeah. who can't fucking use the word. Right. Like, yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? You know, and people are always like, Oh, you know, that's not fair that you know uh, yeah. 
Right. Well, slavery fair, my nigga. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, was was is the current systems right. that that are set up to keep um you know people of color mm-hmm. oppressed? And are they is that fair? Mm-hmm. So like that's why it trips me out because like I don't, when I say don't change up, like don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting out here just being like nigga this, nigga that, nigga that. No. Right. But. I'm not like if, if I'm if I happen to slip up, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm sorry. I call excuse oh, me, not, my of bad. Not, of course, not. fuck no. Yeah. Like, I'm like, because you know, I'm a military cop, right? You know, I'm Air Force, right? One percent. There's already one percent of the population that can be in the military. So guess what? Out of that one percent of the population, guess how many is black? It's not a fucking lot, right? So I'd be having to catch myself, especially being an NCO, right? I'm around, you know, my subordinates. Or I'm around even people of higher rank. And I'll just be talking, like I'll give perfect example. I went to Warner Robins for um, that leadership um, course. Is that where is that where it's at? Yeah, it's right. That's same. crazy. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hold on, chill out. Hey, hold on. Hey, hold on. Hey, man, I got a crew right outside the base, bro. Like right outside the main gate, it's a crew. I'm like, bro, stop. It is a beautiful strategy, but yeah. Anyways, when I was down there at that leadership meeting, bro, I'm in a, I'm in there with like a whole bunch of like E E8s and E9s, right? Which is like the highest, the highest mm-hmm. you can get an enlisted structure is E9. Mm-hmm. So I'm in there with like very big win people, and I'm doing what they call my capstone, right? You know, it's basically like a presentation of what we learned throughout the course, mm-hmm. and you got to come up with a speech and you know say what you say what you learned, right? Now, granted, I did that speech in five minutes, all right? Now, that's a good event, huh? It depends. It depends yeah, on, it depends on, on you how you killed. If you killed kill during that five minutes. Oh, I killed. Oh, bro, what? Bro, come on. They was clapping. I don't speak to these Yeah, they, they, was, they was clapping, bro. Because obviously, like, there's something about me, bro. Like, I'm I'm a procrastinator, bro. Mm-hmm. But, like, I have to. Because, like, my best work comes under pressure. Under pressure. Like, if I don't have no pressure, mm-hmm. I give you enough. But you add that person to me, bro, I'm coming clutch. LeBron in the clutch. You heard mm-hmm. I said that, right? Not MJ. LeBron in the right, clutch. Right, right, right. Yeah. All right. Oh, boy. Well, that's old no comment. So during the whole time, like, it was funny because I was like, so, you know, you know during the day, you're supposed to be very professional, not cuss. I, bro, I was cussing. I said, nigga. I, <laughs> what? Yeah, bro. Like, I was, I was like, you know, I was like, you know what, man? I was like, you know what, man? Fuck that shit, bro. They were like, what? Bro, they stood up and applauded me. <laughs> and it's funny, but I'll tell you what's funny about yeah. it, though, is because when I got there, the first day I was there, you know, we get to explain, you know, talk about ourselves. Talk about that I had a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you got a podcast? I was like, yeah. They're like, oh, let's see. So this this one guy's name is Senior Ho, bro. This, you know, white dude, bro. Like, you, like, the whitest of white guys you ever would see in your life, right? Watch, dude, he probably, I think he watched five of our episodes. Mm-hmm. And then, and like in one day, the next day came. Like the next day came to me, came to my um to my OG. Was like he's like, oh, sorry, Phillips. He uh he about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, I was like, oh, what? I was like, what that mean? He was like, no, he he's like, you about that? Yeah, so I respect that. I was like, yeah. I can't even be mad at him doing this. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I, 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 I said, like, yeah. what does that mean? You about that? Like, uh, what? The- what do you mean? I wasn't about this. Yeah, yeah. I was about this. Oh, like saying you're pro black. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, like basically, yourself. like you being yourself. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, so yeah. basically, like when, when he talks to me or when he interacts with me, and based upon the the podcast episode that he watched, he understands like, okay, like this is just a mask. Like right, Sergeant right. Phillips is a mask. Right, 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 right. This ain't this ain't this ain't the real Sergeant Phillips. Like right. I know who you are because mm-hmm. I, I I watch you. So. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that to say, like, I don't like to change up who I am around people. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, we have to be professional, right? We have to have be in a professional setting, but 
I like to always like stay true to at least like who I am, and I'm not afraid to use certain terminology, like certain words around people, just because they're not in their element. If that makes sense. Yeah. And when and so getting to the concept of the root, where do you think that comes from? Like, what was the impetus for you to even be in that mindset, that mind frame, in terms of okay, I'm going to approach this situation based on this, like this represents me. I would say for myself, it's because that I realized that if you wear, like the longer you wear a mask around people, like the more like of how like confusing your identity becomes to yourself, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, so if I got to put on a mask when I go, you know, when I'm in the military, I got to put on a mask when I'm around my family, I got to put on a mask when I'm with my friends, a mask when I'm with my wife, like I get confused about who my identity is as Michael. So what I try to do now is say, fuck all my masks. I'm going to be me who I am genuinely. And then if, if, it, if it's not working for the particular setting, I can adjust. But at the same time, do I need to adjust the setting or do I need to adjust the people I'm around? If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, like me, I already told you that I'm trying to, you know, calm down when it comes to cursing and doing certain things anyway. So, you know, I, I won't even have to worry about that effect. But I, I'm, I'm not going to change about who I am, bro. I'm always pro-black. Mm-hmm. Everything. Nigga this, nigga that. Mm-hmm. I love my people. Mm-hmm. I love our culture. Yeah. I mean, how y'all feeling, man? Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think to expound upon that, I think that's important because I know personally that's been a reason why I've received certain job offers, scholarships, admissions into certain schools because when they would sit down with me, I may not have had the best grades. I didn't have all the relationships, but it's because I was just authentic. And you can you can feel it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's from a spiritual place. You can feel when somebody is just being themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and even though it may not, at first you'd be like, is he really like that? And you'd be like, no, that's just, that's just a logic. And so just the more, the more comfortable you are in whoever it is that you are presenting yourself as, the easier it is for you to move in those rooms. And I will say, especially going into the corporate space, when I was working at the law firm in Silicon Valley, I really I recognized that there were a lot of uh, individuals, specifically those that were African American that worked at other firms. You know, we you know graduated from Howard. They felt uncomfortable among whiteness, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I've never felt uncomfortable around white people, like not at all, because I just was just being me. So it's like even though, but I but I recognize that based on my roots, my experience, I started working in a corporate space when I was 14 years old, and I was only making two dollars and 14 cents. And I was doing the postage. I was the first intern for a company. So I was always around that corporate environment. So me learning how to transition, that's why it was so easy for me to maneuver. Because I'm like, same way with like Luka Doncic, you know, he played with the mask and he had all these years of experience. I could easily go into a corporate environment and just be myself because I was already doing it four years, five years before anybody else did. So in my mind, I don't have imposter syndrome because I'm like, ah, this is easy. Hey, right, what's going on, Robert? How you doing? I have, so, I have yeah. a question on that one though. Yeah. When you say when you say you're not you're comfortable being around white people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Does the does does not being comfortable around white people really have to do with like your own personal I like you know identity? Like you're mm-hmm. just talking about with your friends, like other people, or does it have to just do with like because like I'm not like I'm not uncomfortable around white people, but I'm also like not comfortable just in an all white space. And that's not has nothing to do with like I would say my insecurities or personal insecurities about being around white people. It's just that like we're just two culturally different people, and I just don't, you know. Yeah, like, I, 
I mean, I think, I think, I think both things can be true. I think that for me, I've been in situations where I was the first African American to be in that space, mm-hmm. right? And so it's a matter of I recognize that the reason, in part, why I'm here is number one to be a representative, to be the best of the best for what I represent in terms of my community. And then I also recognize that it's important that it's articulated that I don't hide like who I am. And so in me just flushing out the authenticity of myself, everybody tends to gravitate toward me. So like, even though I can be in a room and everybody is of a other ethnicity, I'm completely free. So when I say comfortable, I'm just saying in a sense of, I don't, I mean, I, yeah, okay, yeah, you don't, you, you do this or you do that. And I have no interest in, like, literally, I remember I would, at my, like, so many different experiences where, you know, we'll be talking about how we like our steak, you know, initially. And, oh, you like yours rare? No, I think that that's really odd. And, you know, we would have these cultural discussions and it's not bad. Nobody feels weird. And then they'll tell me experiences about certain things. Oh, I'm going hunting. I've never been hunting. So it's like, it's not a, it's not like a, you know what I mean? Where you doing this and I, you know, it's just like, no, I think it actually, it actually brings you together. And I've noticed that those who try to acquiesce, because you have some black people that try to act like what they think white people want to see. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. That, that, that's, that is from talking, you know, from talking. Talk, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, buddy, hit Roger. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And see, and what I try to get, what I try to get across on this last point is, be the best version of yourself. Whatever that is, whatever that is, be the best version of yourself. And as long as you're the best version of yourself, it don't, it doesn't matter. But if you have to, well, you know, I just I I've never done that ever in my life, you know. And I just think that that is something that has to be taught to us as black people when we go into corporate spaces because that's how you that's how you control the room. But if you start accommodating, go acquiescing to quote unquote whiteness, how are you going to be the same person that's saying that you're trying to go against the system or you're trying to like you can't because you because you're actually you're actually feeding the same beast that you're saying that you want to oppose. That's not how that works. Right. You got to go in and you got to be yourself and stand on that. And then everything else will work. Itself. And plus, it's like riding a bike. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, granted, like, I, you know, of course, coming from where we from, like it's predominantly black spaces that we, that we occupied and we've had the privilege of, of being in. Right. So. Even with me, like, when I was at NYU, I didn't really know what to do, so I was silent for the most part. Like I just let my grades do the talking. Um, and so for me, going from that space being at NYU for my grad school, and then coming here and being, you know, reintroduced amongst you know white folks and folks with different backgrounds, man. Yeah. You know, this is now it's, it's it's no longer so race specific. Now it's you know, gender specific, race specific, mm. you know, political, all these other aspects of identity that people want to put on yeah. the forefront. And so it's like, at that point, I knew that it's, it's what, what advice I would give black folks who are like engaging with white folks for the first time is to relax. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to be anything. Just you know what I'm saying? Just yeah, that is real. be in the space, take it in, say hi, how are you doing? Shake your hands, look them in the eye. You know what I'm saying? But you don't have to perform. Literally, you don't have to be what they like. For to say what they want you to be, you don't have to be what you think you need to be in that space. Nah, just scope it out, keep that energy, and then you respond accordingly, and then you move along, and the next thing you know, you happen to say 
dang, I didn't have to compromise myself or anything. You know why? Because you didn't just rush in it thinking you just had to be involved because you're in that space. You don't have to be involved. You don't have to immediately be, you know, the center of attention. Now, granted, you're black. You are going to be the center of attention if you're a a part of these white spaces. But that doesn't mean you have to act accordingly. It doesn't mean you have to speak every single time because you are the only one in the classroom and stuff like that. Like, oh, you're the only one in in the boardrooms. Like, no, you can relax. Say, oh, yeah, I think Susan had made a good point. I think, Jack, that suggestion, that segue is great. And in the same time, you're starting to pick up on their mannerisms. And then in time, you'll be able to learn how to navigate it in your own way. You don't have to, you don't have to just jump when they say jump or, or jump because you think that's what they want you to do. Mm-hmm. Coast. Just coast and go at your own, oh, your own pace and your own speed. And it's funny because I think we're going to go this, down this path. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we down this path. Did I, I think I shared with you that conversation between James Baldwin and was it Nikki Giovanni? Nikki Giovanni, yeah. Okay. So... So I don't know if me and you talked about yeah, it. Yeah, I, I watched it. Okay, I, I okay, watched it. okay. I, I watched it like several times. Yeah, it's a great conversation. It was a great conversation. Um, so anybody just definitely like just YouTube that that conversation between James Baldwin and Nikki Giovanni. And the reason why I brought it up is because Nikki said something to James Baldwin that I thought was very interesting. She said, "Lie to me." Oh yeah. The same way. The same way you lie to them. Same you way you lie to them. <laughs> And you smile, oh, man. and you don't bring any discomfort, he was like, any displeasure. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Baby. You do me the same way. And I thought that that was very interesting because what it what it what it really speaks to is in part the powerlessness of the black man that is moving in that particular way, and the fact that his woman is acknowledging that that is a position of powerlessness, and she's saying, "Well, if you do it for them, if it's good for them, why it ain't good for me?" And I thought that that it, it showed a power dynamic. And you're a woman being aware of when you're when you're moving and you're acting in a way that is not truly you. And so I think for us as men, you know, our women are watching. So how we engage in our friendships, our relationships, our work, our women are watching. How you going to come in and start regulating and start saying you need to do this for the family and you expect for her to look at you as a leader while at the same time when she sees how you move in these other spaces, it's this. And it's one thing to respect, but it's like another thing to, you know, kind of almost lessen yourself or sort of kind of acquiesce or bow down to this other, like kind of just, you know, kissing ass. You know what I mean? Like you can, your, your woman can tell the difference. And so I just thought that that was interesting, that whole conversation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. facts. Oh, facts. Mm-hmm. Oh, so when we're talking about, uh, Lo, you got anything you want to add? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, so we talk about coming from where we're from, right? I was thinking about our childhood, right? The or like where it started. Yeah. Where did this is this is sort of segue, right? Like where did it occur to you when you were young, where it's like, yeah, I gotta have not necessarily toughness, but just a sense of confidence and assurance in myself. Like where like where was like the beginning points of that? Where me knowing myself as Michael Phillips Jr., like, oh, I'm Michael Phillips Jr. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, at what point when you was young, growing up, going into your teen years, where you started to know I'm different. I do have a different story. I do have a different household. I do have different income coming in this household that I don't know about, but I'm only relegated to whatever mom or dad can give me. Like, And all that contributed to where you are now, to be able to walk in these spaces and give a five-minute speech and cuss people out in your five-minute speech. <laughs> Well, you know what I'm saying? To be able because that, <laughs> that because that, that came that started from somewhere, right? So 
in turn, it may seem like a loaded or broad question, but I think about those times growing up, like my upbringing, how that made me a little bit more like affirmed in myself because I was by myself a majority of my like preteens, preteen teenage years. So I was able to foster who it, who it is that I, I am and what I'm capable of early. That's a great question, bro. Um, I would say for myself, it probably was when I would say when I really just like, all right, you know, I'm that I'm that nigga for real. Like, was it when you first had sex? You know how you know how we was growing up. It's like, oh man, when you had when you, nah, you that's, like, that's, that's when that's your that's your manhood right there. Yeah. You made it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, bro, it would probably have to like at the beginning of adulthood for me, like. You know, coming back from um from basic training in test school, bro, especially within the reserve system, it's just like I I came like so when you come back as a reservist, right? Like when you when you get done with school and stuff like that, you come back to your home duty station. Mm-hmm. But like you're you're you know, they they told us like, okay, you we're thinking that we're gonna go back to our duty station and then go into what they call the seasonal training program, right? Which is like on the job training for however many months, depending on what job you got, however is however long you get it. Right. So I'm thinking like, okay, cool, I'm coming back, I'm hopping into that, got money coming in. Like, no, bro. I decided to go find a job. I was working for ATT, bro, selling U verse. That's I, honestly that was like the beginning of me realizing that I have like a gift of God, bro. Like I can talk my ass off. Like I'm I'm doing, you know, door to door sales, right? And I had to figure out, you know, how to eat, bro. Like you 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 weren't eating unless you close them sales, bro. Like right. period. And it wasn't until like I did that and I started doing it and making money off of it. And I was like, I can, I can do whatever I want. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I feel like during times of like turmoil or like during bad times in my life where it's like, I need, I need to come up with $10,000 next week or I need to do this. I need to do that. I always get it done. I don't know what it is, but it's like something is just like, Hey Mike, you're going to get it done. Like regardless, you're going to have it. So I don't know where that comes from. I think I want to say it comes from God because, you know, there's been plenty of times where I thought I wasn't going to be able to make it, but I've always pr- proven myself wrong, which is why I told you guys earlier about the whole procrastination thing. It's like, I got to like have some type of pressure over me in order to like really come up in the clutch, like, which I'm changing because I'm, you know, I'm changing about being consistent at all times, you know, stay ready. So I never have to get ready. But I don't know, for some reason, I still like that that little, just a little pressure. That's it, just a little pressure. Mm-hmm. So I'll say probably, like, when I came back from basic training, bro, like, that's when I realized that, that like, I can 19, 19, 20? About 19 years old, yeah. Mm. I'm going to say mine was in elementary, bro. And that's not even nothing to do with school necessarily, but it was more, more so about... Just being one of those uh, neighborhood hood babies. Yeah. <laughs> so when I say neighborhood hood babies, yeah. I mean like, you know, we was outside. Right, right, right. Like, you know, we friends knock on your neighbor, the door, we going to get everybody. Yeah, right. we right. outside. Did you never did that? I was always too scared. You was too scared? <laughs> oh, man, nah, man. We get off the bus, bro. We do yeah. our homework. We going to everybody, though. We outside. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I would really just say like, being a neighborhood hood, baby, we doing everything. We riding bikes, mm-hmm. stealing bikes. Uh, you probably that was no. <laughs> <laughs> I got my bike stolen. I was hurt, so I ain't never stealing a bike. But oh man, 
Um, really just um it was within like the neighborhood sports, bro. Like we was playing throw them up, bust them up. Oh man. Uh twenty one. Somebody stole your bikes? Yeah, remember the bike, bro. Back about a season or something. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't him. It wasn't him, though. He was in. <laughs> he was in my road, bro. I was still like, yeah, Riverdale College Park here. But um, I would say, kind of like doing the neighborhood sports. I was always like typically the fastest, most athletic. Mm. That gave me my 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 sense of like. I don't believe that fast shit. Bro. Hey, he talking that fast shit, bro. Hey, hey, stop it. No, he was fast. I don't think he's fast. Nah, I know he was fast. Dude. Come on, man. he be swimming. That man can swim though. He swim. Yeah, come on, man. But yeah, so just in the, the athletics of being a neighborhood kid, even when we used to go to the pool, you know, I used to dive over the, yeah, I guess y'all don't know. But you know how you, the little thing y'all laid on? We used to stack them. What are you talking about? The beds. Like beds. You See? Sta- like, what do you mean, though? You stacked them. In the water? No, outside. Or the eight feet. We had eight feet in, in our neighborhood. Oh. <laughs> I had good money then, bro. We had no good money, nigga. That was the only pool that was open. Okay, anyway, but we had the little beds. You know, the beds you go in the pool, you chill on, bro. We used to stack those. Chill on floaties. No, bro. The beds that you lay on and tan on, they, those are stackable. You can put them on one on top of each other and they grow. Those chairs, those Oh, okay. Yeah. But not in the pool. Not in the pool, not outside the pool. Okay. We used to. Dive over them. They should jump over. We used to dive over them in the eight feet type shit, clearing them hoes. Yeah, yeah. we the type hopping pool. You like what's we used to have? Man, yeah, I was killing all their ass, anything, everything, bro, Mm -hmm. for sure. And that gave me my sense of like, all right, bro, you might, you might, hey, you might be on to something. So that's that's my little quick little story. Yeah, man, hey, man. Yeah, I think. I think mine was starting in childhood as well. When I noticed it, my brothers, my brothers were always, always to this day, Lord. Uh, I'm glad that they've, they've grown and developed now, but my little brother, he always was into something. And so it got into, we got into a situation when I was at, what is this? I think I want to say Middle Ridge, Middle Ridge Elementary. And my brother, he used to roast. So I'm talking about my brother used to roast people to the point where like they were ready. They, they like they mad. Like they, they they were mad. And so, you know, he just happened to want to roast all the little hood babies. So we get into a situation, but he couldn't fight. So it's a, <laughs> so it's it's so it's a, it's a situation where my brother he'll just sit there and just roast you like nonstop, your shoes, whatever on you. He like, bro, come on, man. And so the I, the guys would get upset and so they tried to fight my brother. No. So right then in that moment, you know, it was like it was various situations where I would have to assert myself simply because people were trying to mess with my brothers. I never had any issues with bullies or anything like that. But my brothers, they always had something going on. And then I would say it also came about anytime my mom, you know, she would into, you know, bring some new guy around. You had to flex up on just a little bit. Just a little bit. You know what I mean? Just, just, a, just a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I had a reputation. They ain't know. They they like, couldn't. What's going on, Tyrone? Yeah. And, and then it was especially right. firm handshake. Firm, man. Yeah, this little one. Yeah, yeah, like, right, right. <laughs> right, you know. Um, had a butter knife in your pocket. You feel me? Yeah. You know. Just kids get greasy out there. It's you funny, do. man. And, and especially if he had kids. Oh, yeah. Like, I had to assert that dominance. Like, because... 
me personally, I don't care about none of that. But I had to make sure they knew. Like, no. You know? And because they'll try to try your little brother. Like, I had to I had to go ahead and set the precedent. When we wrestle, when we play football, when we play basketball, you're not on the same level as me. And I don't know where that came. It wasn't like somebody had a conversation, but it was just like, nah, this is my domain right here. Mm-hmm. And then I did that, and then everything was cool. I never had any issues with any of the guys she was with. And, you know, never had issues with the children, sons. And, you know, everything was... We moving forward. So I think that I would say the same, like similar to Marlo, just like my childhood, you just kind of get to a point where you realize you have to kind of just set the boundaries. Yeah, that's what I say. Had to be the fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I would say it had to be, shoot, man. Everything just sort of happened in like one period like of years. So I would say from 12 to 17, like when I was 12 years old, mm-hmm. so I'm back in 05 to 17. So that's what, 2010. That's when everything started to just come together to where it really became the makings of who I am today. Like, no shit. So me, when I was in middle school, you know, Marl Middle School was right, was right, next, was, was right next to Marl High School. So when I was uh, from sixth grade all the way through, bro, I was walking back and forth home. I was walking back and forth home. By myself. Sometimes neighbors would join me, whatever, if they were like on the same time as I was, but I was always on different type of time, whether I had football practice or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I always would just go back and forth home, left at a certain time, came home at a certain time. Um, always the last one to leave at the crib, first one back in the crib. Mm. So during that time, um, you know, my, my house, my childhood home got broken into four times. Um, and I was always the first one on the scene. Uh, mom, she lived downtown, so she about like 15, 20 minutes away, so she couldn't really get to it. Once the alarm rang off, wee, wee, like, you know, they're going to call the parent, but if they, if they got to get themselves out of work, you know what I'm saying? Meantime, I'm like closer to the house than she is, so I just happened to get there. So <clears throat> me, like, just approaching like spaces and homes, like, it gets me a little, I want to say paranoid, but just very cognizant of where I'm at. Uh, very uh, delicate and sensitive to the people I'm engaged with. Don't know people's motives. Don't know people's like you know what I'm saying intentions because you know the very people around you could be the ones that can leech off of you or can take from you. Um, but I never like wore it like in a way in which I was like like very cautious. But I knew that I just had to be aware. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing sort of helped help mold me and shape me. And also during that time. You know, it was when I, you know, I got jumped in eighth grade what? for the first you got time. Jumped yeah, right, yeah. Give us a little context on that. Yeah. What, what so that means they gonna be everywhere. That means you went to high school with these fools. Not well. Yeah, but they were older, so they were like tenth, okay. eleventh grade when I was in eighth grade. So they probably was like oh, 20, they oh nine, oh nine, oh oh eight. So, um, so when I was walking home. You know what I'm saying? Some dude was like, it was crazy. This is this is so funny at this time how this happened. So I was walking home and uh, I was crossing the street. And as I was crossing the street, a dude was like, yo, come back. Whatever. First thought that came to my mind at that time was like, if he had tracked me down, he's going to follow me home. Don't go home. Turn around. You see what I'm saying? Like, don't don't have, you know what I'm saying? Don't keep walking if you knew or had a feeling that he he ran. You don't know him. He ran to you to get you. So it's like, do I want to continue to 
walk and have him potentially chase, you know, you know, follow me for another half a mile to get home? Nah. So I just turned around. Turned around and was like, what's up? He was all like, yo, my man want to talk to you. And I was like, okay. So that's when the adrenaline started to hit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You start to worry it. a little bit. Yeah. You start to be like, what I get myself into? This guy's would have been walking with me to my house, bro, because I was lit as ass <laughs> when I got to the crib, bro. Real talk. Like, come on, Mike. That's not smart. It's not smart to do that. They know where you stay. You know what I'm saying? So if it does go down and you have it, you have it your way at your place, they know where to find you. It's not smart. It's best to go ahead and do it in a neutral space. So wherever get wherever you get you get down at, you get down at, and you keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, my man want to talk to you. I was like, all right. High school niggas. I don't know them. You know what I'm saying? I'm the firstborn, so I don't have like cousins or uh, older siblings. I, it's no connection to me know these guys, but I knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh man, my man want to talk to you. I was like, who? And then he, he pointed. It was like six of them, seven of them coming. So I was like, okay. And, you know what I'm saying? They lightly surrounded me and stuff like that. So I was like, <sighs> Shen check the dude. And everything else, <laughs> I got mine off. I got mine off. I got my two piece off, and then Girl, no. I had to. I took a shot. I took a shot in this direction as I was looking at him. I did my pow, I was like, "Go down, curl up." That was the first thing. I did. Go down, just curl up, yeah. cover my face, yeah. cover my organs, bruh, and just hold up. And then um, it was on the main street. It was right. It was it was on Old Rex, Old Rex Mall Road. Okay. okay. So cars are coming back and forth. Right. Still got it. Seen, so dude. then a mother came out. Somebody mama came out. I was like, stop doing all that. Stop doing that. And they end up. And they start. They start to slow down. You know what I'm saying? With the get down. And next thing you know, uh, woo! They all scattered. And then uh, I got up, man, and I uh, I walked home. You know what I'm saying? I got up, I walked home, and I knew it was over, of course. You know what I'm saying? And so I walked home and told mom. Mom was crying and stuff. And uh, that was just another lesson. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it was a good play. I, I ran it. I, I played it the way I needed to play it. So, I, it, you know, but at the time, this is what makes it so funny growing up growing up as a black man, right? Growing up in, in black spaces. How I normalized that. How I was like, getting jumped is like, I, I viewed it as like a rites of passage. Like you needed to go through this type of shit. Mm. Cause that's what just happens. And that's what happens in the hood. You know what I'm saying? You just happen to get caught slipping. You just gotta mm. take the L. Like that's what you just gotta just do. Now, it shouldn't be routine. You know what I'm saying? But right, right. when it happens, it's like, you know what you gotta, you gotta do. I mean, it's, that's and like, so, yes. but, 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 but to, to like, for instance, our white counterparts, that's not normal. No, it's not. You know what I'm saying? To anybody else outside of our space, that's not normal. But for us, so many conflicts and traumas and things we go through, we have normalized. We've thought that that shit is just normal. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so for a long time, I was just like, well, you know, I took my lumps. I'm, I'm here. I, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm here. So that's why I didn't really trip. I don't trip about it. And then also during that period was when I started writing in my journal. So I was 14. I started writing in my journal. Haven't stopped writing since. And writing has been a part of how I speak. And it's part of how I articulate myself. It's, how, it's part of how I express myself. And it's contributed to my emotional intelligence supremely. You know what I'm saying? Me writing and me being able to voice and, and, and speak to how I feel. 
And also during that time when I was 14, my father left the house. Like, so during that pace from 13 to 17, I left football at 15, graduated with honors at 17. All these things came together from 12, 13 to 17. And that has been like the foundation of where I am today because to this day, I still like writing. I still listen to music. I still keep my head on the swivel. Still, you know what I'm saying? I still make sure that whatever alarm system I got in the crib, that it's legit. It ain't no, you know what I'm saying, crackerjack thing and nothing like that. Like, I, I, those moments, those experiences help put me in that perspective to understand. You know what I'm saying? To understand. Uh, some people need to experience it. Other people are good at just receiving wisdom from OGs. For me, I have the kind of life where I had to experience it whether I wanted to or not, whether it was my own ignorance and being hard-headed and I had to find out for myself or I just was an innocent bystander and I just and then God just put me in the crosshairs and I just had to learn. Tell my kids are like that because I'm, I'm a I'm just like you like I gotta learn my own you know I gotta learn by being hard-headed. <laughs> I was never like that. Like my, my little brother he's not like that he's like wisdom you tell him once like, oh you did what you, you burned your hand <laughs> say less <laughs> I ain't doing that. Way. I, I hope my kids come out like that. Cause I was a, I was a fifty fifty. You fifty fifty? Yeah, it just depends on. I already assessed the risk, so it just depends on how, like how bad the risk was. I am a risk manager though too. I would be like, mm, right, that worse than maybe. Fuck it. Man, fuck it. Yeah. Why not? Right. I've never done it. That yeah, because I was like, you a, never done what? Like I said, fuck it. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I no. Never. Nah. The only um, only time I've ever had like any issues is just matter of respect. I'm very like that's the only thing. Like professors, you know, I was about to start naming them. <laughs> but uh but like it was like a, a, a list of various professors where, you know, it's like you're gonna respect me. Like people, like in general. That's the only thing that I but in terms of just like me just never. Like ever. I was a Good child. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, brother. Yeah, bro. Honestly, bro. Honestly, bro. I was a, I was a good child, good, bro. Man. Yeah, I was bro. a I was a hard headed yeah, bro. man. I was hard headed and a crybaby, bro. I was both. I was a crybaby. I was as a, as a child, child, and then I just came hard headed, and then I was this. Yeah, so I was, I was hard headed until I was hard headed until I had to be tough. I can't give my ass for boy. And I talk back. And I talk back. See, I ain't never talk back. My, that one thing, bro. Shit, my nigga, nigga. It didn't matter. My mom. Would, and I had it. My dad would hit me with it. It wasn't. No, it was. That's one time, bro. And I was. Hey, that's what led to me and my pop stuff. And, and, and the only time I swelled up on my pops, that was the only time I've ever like, like when I did that. To my adulthood now, like, yeah, it's different now. After I did it that day, it's been totally different since. Like, when I swore up on it that one time, I said, hey, you know what? Matter of fact, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Boop. I was like, oh. <laughs> I ain't no more. I held my daddy down for dear life. Nah, no, I bought him down. Yeah, I bought him down. So you would have I had him down for dear life, bro. I was yeah, senior, bro. I held him down. And he packed my. Two but isn't black, that isn't that crazy though? Which is like how we have to go through shit like that. Like just our culture in general, like, that that's normalized. Like you been shot at before? Well, I've been shot around, not shot at. You been shot at? No. You been shot around? Hell no, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Like shot at or shot around? Shot at. Like somebody tried to shoot you. Yes. Why? Nah. What? Bro, they was trying to shoot the group of us, bro. Like we were coming back from a football game one time, and it was just popping off, and one dude that said some shit that I was with. Yeah. I was with, and you know, like said some shit popping off at the mouth, and think the dude's gonna hit hit the turnaround, and he hit the turnaround and shot at us, bro. Like, 
Okay. I lied. I'm about to say, bro, come on. I've had my. I, I've been. I've been held at gunpoint by cops. I've been. Um. I've been held at gunpoint by cops, but it was because I put myself in the position. Oh, yeah. okay. See, my well, was, no, I was, I was, well, ta- I, I was taking a risk. And what was your, what was the risk? You do a real quick synopsis, bro. Mm-hmm. Like two seconds, bro. Oh, I was having, uh, I was having sex in the car. Okay. I was having sex place. in the car in a public place, place, like a park or some shit. Yeah, and then somebody <laughs> called the cops because they were concerned. Sounds about right. And then the cops like pulled up, had that had that Glock on the window. But you was dressed up, already ready to go. I was butt ass. Oh, <laughs> I was butt ass in the back seat getting down, yo. yo. Oh, you still getting when they pulled up on you with the with the? Yo. I'm on top of Shorty doing my thing. Next yo. thing you know, I see a black block like this. And I look up. Yo. I'm like, I'm about to be a I was like, I'm naked, man. I was like, I'm naked. He was all like, get the fuck out the car. Yo, I had to. This is on the south side, They made you get out with your, with your shit on. But this is at the wreck. <laughs> Clean up to so, so they so they, 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 they it was at somebody, somebody uh uh complex. Okay, okay, okay. He was over there by the library. Yeah, but yeah, so I was uh, I had to get out of the car, man. They, they ran me and her uh, IDs and all that stuff, bro. And I sat in that I sat in that backseat, bro. Just I had my I had my clothes on at that point. He said, like, "Man, get your put your clothes on." Whole backseat of the cop car, just uh, handcuffed, just sitting there, just waiting, bro. I was a sophomore, sophomore in college. Yeah, you was in college. I was in college. I was a sophomore in college. Okay. Roommates at this hey, point. Wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You was a sophomore. Yeah, it was the fall. It was the fall of twenty um, twenty twelve. Fall winter. Okay. Oh wow! So it was, yeah, man, and um, man, we got roommates that following us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and so it was, yeah, bro. So I just, but I think it's just crazy how like our experiences is like that. You know, we said it's like normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we just be like, yeah, that's why I don't really have sex in cars, bro. Because I be thinking about all this other. Oh no, nah, see, see, so see, both be busting it down in cars. I'm like, nah, man, I, I'm, I'm good. You want me to go to I do. I'm about to say, but that's my favorite spot. Okay. Is that the adrenaline that you get from you don't know who you know what I'm saying? People yeah, you I had a situation like that, but I didn't get a gun put out. They just told us to like, you know, clear the space or clear the park. So okay. now what I do, I learned to sneak away in social activities. So like all the cars, let's say we go to a I take my girl to a cookout with the fam. Yeah. We're gonna slide off around the corner. Yeah. Cause it's a norm that all the noise is there, the noise been there, so it's not gonna be a cop driving around because it's after hours and this car just looks suspicious. Oh, you know, that was that type of setup. And I got set up that way many times. So now, you know, we're going to just dip out. We're going to come back. Now, we can do some prep action. You know what I'm saying? We can do some prep. We can do some foreplay yeah, on the wall and route to the spot. But I, I, I'm not. I'd be like, right, plus me, I'm sorry. As, as, y'all can, as y'all can learn and hear, from, and y'all heard from my story, I like to be 
flexible when I'm getting down, man. I like I like to get. See, but in the car, you're just so like it's no choice but to be on each other, brother. I know, but I, but I like I like I like have my clothes off, man, and I don't want to be caught. I don't want to be caught. Clothes off, brother. my clothes be off. It's in the passenger seat oh, wow, on the floor. Yes, sir. After that moment, man. I I probably I probably has car sex maybe once or twice after that. Oh man! And then both times I sweated my life away. It was so hot. It's a beautiful thing. I had one beautiful, like one crazy beautiful. You you feel me? Beautiful. It was beautiful. It was raining, bro. It was thunderstorm. Bro, it was thunderstorm. What in the no fuck is this, bro? It was thunderstorming. Fall all on the window, bro. Yeah. Dripping sweat, all kind of shit, bro. It was yeah. crazy. I'm in the hood, bro. I'm in fuck. I was. Where you was? Off Pine Street. I'm over there. Off Carver Homes type shit. Where was this, bro? By the mailbox. <laughs> Where was this, bro? <laughs> this is, we was roommates at this point. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bro, yeah. I, bro you could look at a lot of parking lots, and I could be like, yep. I was right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's me right there. It was bro, fire, car lines, bro. bro, car sex, bro, is the best. Yeah. Like that at first, that adrenaline you get from like, damn, somebody might be watching. Yeah, bro, it's like, the last resort, yes, but no. Sometimes, boy, it's that. It's that. You say what? Pull over. <laughs> say I won't. That infamous couch. What infamous couch? This one. This one. No, I, I, you made me think, bro. So I was campaigning in District Three. Okay, so this is during your campaign trip. During the campaign. Oh, this is this is. So my mind is, I'm like, I already know, you know, predominantly African American, low income. I know the area that I'm going into. You know, I'm striving to be a man of the community. Of course, so, you know, <laughs> of course, he is. You know, you know what I mean. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna hold back, bro. On the out the trenches, man. I knock on this lady door. Hey man, how you doing? You know, my, you know, do it da 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 da. I turn around, she, you know, we finish our conversation. It's two dudes, they just get to shooting at each other. I calmly walk to my car. You said what? I calmly walk to my car because I, I can't explain it, but I felt like nothing gonna happen to me. So literally, bro, she, the lady, she said, yeah, um, I, I hear you. I'm gonna have to just take this and look at your site. Gotta go. Close the door. I turned around and I, I saw my car. They were shooting uh, literally right across the street. You know what I'm saying? Back and forth. I calmly, I got in my car, just walked right to the car. While they're shooting? While they're shooting. And I just got in the car. And then I went on about my way and I went to the next house. <laughs> and that's that's what I did. I left that area, though. I left that area, but that's that's the only time where it's like somebody was like shooting around me and I was just like, I didn't really... My 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 instincts were more so to act normal, then because I felt like I would draw more attention if I just like I, they may think that I'm a part of it. So my instincts was like I'm a norm. So normal. That's why I was like you saw my normalizing. Bro, I was just like I was like, and then I I never even I have I never even talked about it. Like after it happened, I was like oh, okay, we're just you know because it's so normal in our community. Like, you be like, huh? yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah bro, I experienced my first shootout at. Maybe I was six or seven. Oh, wow. Yeah, right in front of me, bro. It was a high-speed chase. I was at Hunters Bay, another little hood project over there back on Forest Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro, I'm playing, we playing football by the Green Box. Mm-hmm. Green Box. Green Box. Yeah, it's always hot. Yeah, yeah it's by the Green Box, but we're just playing football. We're just throwing it around. We're coming around the corner in the, 
in the Acro Legend. Whip it, hopped out, cops right behind him. He pulled up your top, pow, 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 pow. Cops shoot, pow, pow, pow. And we just sitting there like, oh, shit. He booking. He gone, man. Then he run, come back around, hop back in the car, and he was gone. Yeah, I was sick. That's crazy. All right, all right, all right. The violence. <laughs> the violence and the near arrest for having sex in cars. All this shaped us. Yeah. Yes, it did. These are all part of our stories, as you can see. Um, wow. And I guess as we start to wrap and think about where we are, where we were, where we are, let's look at where we're going. Like taking all these stories, you know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure we have some some more uh, exciting, intriguing stories that are of recent memory <laughs> uh, to share. But what are some of the things y'all are looking forward to, man, based on all of this history you're coming with in this life? You know what I'm saying? Like we're talking about all these expansions and things we got going for ourselves professionally, but just looking out from like a personal, spiritual aspect, like this is the year of 30 for us. Like what... What are y'all looking forward to in terms of your story and, and where you're from and where you're going? How do you see that manifesting? I'm looking forward to like just building just a foundation for my family. You know, like a solid foundation built around love, communication, abundance. Um, things that like, I, I you know, especially for me, communication, the biggest thing, as you guys heard from the father's episode, you know, it was, I didn't, I didn't have that in my family, you know, where I can just talk freely or, or say how I feel or, you know, be true. To, you know, I like think about it, like, I, you know, since a child, I was wearing a mask, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, because I wasn't, the, the, you know, what I wasn't what my parents wanted me to be, you know, as far as my interests and what I liked and what I loved. And then now going into, you know, being in my thirties and, and going through my journeys in my thirties, uh, that's one thing I'm, I'm just looking forward to, man, just, just building a just a solid foundation for just my family that I want to have. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely excited for that. 30s for me means being debt free. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to the best of my ability with that. I think that, you know, at, at that, at this point, taking all the experiences, all the financial literacy, all the failures with business and the different things that have happened that taught me lessons, um, and using that to capitalize at this point, you know, I, you know, no, no moment to waste because again, before having a family, like that was something very important to me. Before I bring a family into this world, I want to be situated. I want, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm bringing in, you know, free encumbrances, you know, and that's something. Again, you go through the closing process. You got to check: are there liens? Are there, you know, what are these different things that potentially could deter somebody from even wanting to acquire? I look at myself the same way. What are the different things that could deter somebody from, you know, wanting to be with me in a in a healthy long term relationship? So I'm looking forward to that. And then the other thing that I'm looking forward to is it's something that I've been working on for the past two years. And I finally figured out how to do it and how to get the capital to do it. And so I'm just playing a long game and waiting until the end of this year, maybe the beginning of the following year. But I'm looking to own a, something major within a certain industry. I'm looking to um, not just be a, a consumer and to be a producer. And I've been working on it for the past couple of years. I was, I was talking about it, you know, initially. And then I started writing a business plan for it. 
And it's been something I've been working on for a very, very long time. And I finally, like, I finally, like, once I committed to it, I don't know, I don't know how, but like manifestation, God started bringing me into the conferences where I would see the bankers or see the, like, I would just see the relationships and I would just get those relationships and they'll tell me what I needed to do. And so hopefully by the end of this year, going into next year, I will be able to do it. And is it it that Paul Anderson thing? It is in part. It is in part. It is in part. And it's, yeah, yeah, from the producer side. Absolutely. Nice, nice. Yeah. What's up? Well, shit. Speaking back of what you guys just said, in these thirties, again, this is like our beginning and our layout for the foundation of legacy, right? Yeah. So, from from both of you guys said, basically, you know, not coming in a situation with no baggage, right? Whatever I did in my twenties, from <clears throat> uh, from the start of my adulthood to now. You could consider this manhood, fatherhood, husbandhood. I wanted to just leave that where it's at, flush it out, new slate, and just con- continue to build off that. And um, for me, it just, like I said, it's all about the legacy financially, spiritually, emotionally, and also finding that, that wife and getting that emotional, so, emotional support and, back, and a backbone that I need. And also a leader within her and a leader within myself. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I'm excited for. I give myself about like same same time frame by the end of this year, going into twenty twenty four. It's lit. It's up. Nah, it's up. Because really, twenty twenty three is really up. But it, like I said, I, I'm doing right now. I'm doing the debt snowball situation mm-hmm. to knock out the debt. Knock out I should be done by summer. By the birthday, I'm gonna turn up. Leo's yeah, I'm gonna turn up whatever, and then you know, be back on. Hopefully the market goes down too. I don't know. I'm gonna buy another house. I'm gonna go townhouse this time. Mm-hmm. You know what's gonna go down? How this how this uh, economy works? Yeah, it's, 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 it's cyclical. It's cyclical. It's cyclical. I want that. Bruce, I want that Bruce Wayne. We talked about. Yeah, no, 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 no. It might be still that. Like you want a manor? Huh? Like you want a manor? Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I want that Bruce. Like, oh, that's my Wayne. Oh, nah, I want. I want a. Uh, I want like a two story loft, maybe three. But like I'm talking about like a loft where I can like I want the ones where I can like bring my car up on the elevator. Oh, that joint. You know what I'm saying? That like, yeah, Ghost yeah, yeah. from power type. Yeah, oh, your oh, that it already exists. I know. In Miami. Some of the place you sent me. Yeah, the Bentley loft yeah. residence and all them. They building some more. They got a Porsche one. They about to do another. They about to do a, like a what's it called? Maserati. Yeah, about to do Maserati one. All nice. in Brooklyn and shit. Nice. You just pull up and then they just. Go straight to your flow. Can't bro. wait, bro. Got your own private pool. Terrence, everything. It's fire. I need to see. Bro. Bro. About, 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 they not that bad. They about like 2.5, wasn't it? 2.5 to 10. You're sitting on the space. It's not bad at all. What you paying for, you know, the luxury, the amenities, all in one. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. We'll see. But for me, I just, man, that's, that's up to everything. Upward trajectory, man. Everything's trending up for me, man. <laughs> That's good, brother. I'm, I'm blessed, busy, yeah. but grateful. That's why mm-hmm. you know. That's why I was telling the, you know the boys at the high school, man. Like you know, word describe yourself as grateful, man. Gratefulness and just being humble, man, and, and humility, and just feeling all of God's energy, you know, through my people, man, through y'all, through the signs while I'm driving, you know, by myself. Just the little cues, little in, in, intuitions, those little nuggets I get, you know, instinctually. 
um, in the pit of my stomach, man. I, I, I've learned, I put all my chips in the middle of the table last year, I would say firmly, of me not questioning my intuition. So when it came down to me playing poker, poker game, either I go by my own hand, lean on my own understanding, or I go by God, I put all my chips in the middle and say, hey, I'm going to follow as long as you provide the message. I will always follow as long as I, you know what I'm saying? I'll only, I'll only be led by the message. I'll only be led and, tr- and trust my power. I'll only be led and trust in the people around me that you, you that help produce me. Um, and then in turn, you know, I shall, you know, reap the benefits in a myriad of ways. Uh, more than just something that can be tangible material, but something that gives me joy when I close my eyes, something that gives me a sense of, uh, again, just gratefulness and fullness, wholeness as a man, as a black man in this life, man. And I feel like what I am touching on as an uh, academic, as an educator, as a writer, as a, as a speaker, and, you know, as a, you know, future husband, future father, you know, as a brother, you know, as a friend, like that is something that I feel like I am going to be one of the representatives of what it means to be, to live fulfilled as a black man in this country. You know what I'm saying? I'm really, I really want to crack that code and I feel like I'm doing it in my own way. And I think that is the kicker. You should be doing it in your own way. Sometimes we feel like we have to, like, again, moving in the spaces of whiteness, we feel like we have to do it like this or do it like that. Or I've seen somebody else do it like this. So maybe I have to No learn but it doesn't mean you have to instill just learn and then from there you will learn you will uh, know how to exercise it on your own way and for me i again i put all my chips on the table and put it in the center and i know that me betting on myself and trusting in my potential is all within so once i do that like i said it's up man so there's no limits to where we could go Mm -hmm. Uh, i believe that we are we are god's we are not only just god's children but we also have the power to exercise God's will and God's intentions, but it does not begin and end with our own hand. It starts with beginning to, you know, being more in tune and being able to understand that you are, like you said, you said at the high school board, like you are the answer. Um, and so for me, thirties is, I look forward to the thirties, man. It's, it's, I look forward to the thirties. I look forward to just another day of life, man. Another opportunity, another chance to be, all that I wanted to be and more, because there is so much more. Yeah, I think the thirties is gonna be lit, bro. Like, because twenties to me, thirties a new twenty. Because thirties to me, I mean, twenties was just like, okay, yeah, you learning, yeah, you learning. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm just getting started. Are you think, oh, you so, think you know? Okay, you don't know. know you know. I'm gonna trip you a couple times. <laughs> Married? Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Oh, they thought our relationship was gonna work out. Nope. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> I respect that, man. Hey, yeah, man. That's real, though. That's real shit, bro. That's real, though, bro. That's how life is, man. Life be life, man. Life be life, boy. But in the end, you here. Yeah? That's all that matters. You still here to, to, to tell it. That's yeah. it. And that's what I tell people, man. I was like, as long as you're allowed to tell it, you got more You got more fighting to do. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen. <clears throat> season two is done. Yeah. But it's not the last one. Not at all. I love y'all. I'm hungry. <laughs> Definitely gonna get something to eat. <laughs> yeah, boy, I gotta eat. Boy, I gotta no, eat now. Facts. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm brother. Two. Two. See y'all the recap. You know what it is. Okay. <laughs>